Spider Episode 17, The Gorgon. Okay, folks. Okay, okay, folks. <laughs> Episode 17 of Bat and Spider. Uh, your hosts here once again, Dale underscore A, Chuck Forsman. Chuck was just trying to coach me through the way I start every episode. Like, I'm so, I put, I think about it so much. I'm, I, I, I don't know what I do when I try to start an episode of Bat and Spider, Chuck. It's like, it's like that, it's like that last episode of uh, Tales from the Crypt where you got the, you're playing Russian roulette and you're just overthinking it. Just pull the trigger. Just pull I the do. trigger. Start talking. I, I know. <laughs> I, I like, I chime in like I'm like I'm in natural conversation. Like somebody's talking to me first and <laughs> I'm glad I edit it all out because I have that power. It's great having that power. I, 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 I sound like a psycho. People don't know the sculpting that goes on, the finessing. They think we just record this and slap it up there like some other podcasts do. We don't do that here. We're not going to waste time filling your ears up with our the the garbage I'm saying right now. Like this will all be cut out. This is like a David David Mamet play, you know. Yeah. It, only things that have to be in it will be in it. If it doesn't serve the story, get it out of here. Yep. Like the play noises off with John Ritter. I don't know what that is, but I love oh, John Ritter. You heard it first, folks. <laughs> John is, that, Ritter. is that a David Mamet play? Yeah, that's one of his first, him and John. I, one of the only David Mamet plays I saw was uh, Buffalo Nickel. I went when I was a, like a teenager, I was visiting my brother in Pittsburgh, and he like brought me and my mom to see a play. It was like in a garage somewhere. Really? Yeah. It was probably that's, just like some s- small time theater company. That's pretty awesome. But I remember the guy, the one guy playing the bald guy, like- it, he obviously had just like shaved his, you know, the, his bald spot out of his head. <laughs> <It looked ridiculous. laughs> That's ridiculous. That's a great thing. I remember staring at that the whole time. But. <laughs> Memorable. Memorable nonetheless. I went to, uh, I went to a local uh, college back in the day. Back in the day. Went to a local college production. I don't even remember what it was. It wasn't mm-hmm. equus, but there was man penis in it. There was a oh, man's wow. penis in it, for sure. Uh, that's the beauty of theater. Yeah, it really is. Like, that's that what... Intimate setting, mm-hmm. strangers, and penis happens. It's great. Yep. So, hot on the heels of that conversation. I I was uh, running late today, Chuck, because um, we're getting a lot of rain right now, and we got this new dog. Oh. And the dog didn't want to go out, so he just started running in circles on our back porch and just like started squirting like poop nuggets out of his rear as he was spinning in circles because he didn't know what to do. And I was literally, my coffee was just being done getting like made so I could come upstairs and watch that Tales from the Crypt episode. Oh my God. And it's just pandemonium. The kids are out there with him laughing at him. Poochie and we are just gorgons on the porch. <laughs> I mean, little. Wow. Wow. Little gorgonized nuggets. Your life, Dale. I don't know. <laughs> Chuck. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know, I what, don't to know say. what to say either, Chuck. My life, right? <laughs> the only time I remember about the, the faulty and, and downspouts in need of, re- of repair is when we get heavy rains, Chuck. As soon as it stops oh. raining, I start thinking about other things. I know. I got wet patch on the on the living room ceiling. Mm. That I don't know if it's from rain or from 
pipes oh, Jesus. Uh, sweating because of humidity. Yeah. And every day it's a struggle. Do I cut a hole in that ceiling today? I don't know. Right. Do I want to deal with that? Dust everywhere, laying down plastic, oh. or just let it go another day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, you know, as soon as you like drill the hole up there, it could, it could all just come streaming down. And I know exactly what's going to happen, Dale. I cut that open and I'm not going to be any wiser as right. to what the problem is. Right. Yeah. Whatever's behind that, that little piece of drywall is not going to help me solve the issue. I know it. Yep. I'm just going to be like, well, I still don't know. You still don't know. Now you have a hole and now you still have to put out money for <sighs> somebody to come look. Exactly. Ugh. The Gorgon Hammer. Mm. One of my favorite movie studios. Um, directed by Terrence Fisher, who you'll know as uh, he directed Curse of Frankenstein, which we talked about on this show. It stars our boys, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Oh, yeah. Um, and the basic setup, it tells the tale of a monster called the Gorgon. And she is haunting a small town. I'm not sure exactly where, some European town. Uh, in the, it's like the turn of the century, the 1900s. Um, and when she kills, she, she, it's like the Medusa. It's like the, the old myth. If, if she uh, get, catches you in her gaze, you turn to stone on the spot. Or not always on the spot, as we'll talk about. Um, <laughs> but she kills the son of Professor Heights. And uh, that professor comes to town and starts stirring up S. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that leads to this. This monster mystery finally getting out into the air and getting solved, eventually. Um, it's much more complica- complicated than I just described, but that's, that's yeah. your basic setup of the Gorgon. I think that's good. I think it's a legit yeah. uh, synopsis. Yeah, without spoiling the end. I watched this the, movie. Uh, yeah, sorry. I watched the Gorgon on Tubi, and mm. this is the first my first experience with Tubi. Oh, welcome to the to the club. Tubi yeah. rules. I got to say, I was pretty impressed with the experience. Um, mm-hmm. There was only uh, a commercial break in the very middle of the the movie and one near the very end, but it was like a minute minute worth of commercials. It wasn't uh, it wasn't over the top with commercials, and uh, yeah. it was it was a cool experience. And there's a ton of stuff on there. There's a lot of stuff, like like yeah. bat and spider quality. Oh yeah. It's, it, I, I'm telling you, we should probably start some campaign for them to sponsor Bat and Spider somehow. Yeah. Tubi presents. I don't know. Maybe oh. they could buy us a studio. <laughs> yes, exactly. We could have uh, like a bowl of olives and things out. Olives? Eyeballs. <laughs> That's um. not a bad idea. <laughs> I think yeah. I mistakenly said this was before Curse of Frankenstein. I don't know where my brain is. I, I said that on some other show. And you, and that, Chuck, I, you said it with such confidence that I was just yeah. and inclined to believe you even if I did second guess in my brain. I was so confident about it. I have no idea why. But this is six years after that. Um, so, yeah, Curse was in the 58, I think. Right. Now That's we're right. 64. Um, but not a big deal. Uh this god this movie i'm looking at the Im- google image search of the gorgon every poster for this movie is incredible <laughs> i want yeah. all these posters like hot pink and like oh, neon man. yellow yeah. ones oh 
So this movie went places I honestly didn't see. I didn't see it coming. After Bruno gets killed in the beginning of the movie, his father comes and uh, they're having like a sort of um, hearing to decide to settle on the, the manner of death between Bruno and his pregnant uh, girlfriend. Yeah. And uh, Bruno's father shows up and says, you know, you're going to blame this all on Bruno, but I know he didn't do it. And you got a problem in this town. There's been unsolved murders, basically one a year, mm-hmm. the past five to seven years. And uh, uh, so Bruno's father, Dr. Heights, is determined to figure out the cause. The only problem is he's in the movie, but another five minutes, which yeah. really surprised me. Mm hmm. I mean, he was leading man material, if I may say. I I was surprised he left. He, but the the but he gave a good performance, except for his his crappy uh, gray hair. They I don't know if they just put some baby powder in his head, but it looked ridiculous. And they just they drew like dark lines on his face to make him look older. Yeah, yeah, the hammer style. Of- <laughs> if anything, they should have. I feel like they could have switched around some of the casting. They could have made his his. The second, who ends up being our main character, Paul, the, the second son. <laughs> yeah. He could have played the dad, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, he had some city miles under those eyes. Yeah. Because when, especially after he gets haggard, he looks really haggard. Yeah. Uh, which maybe is why they cast him. <laughs> but, um, okay, first off, you you mentioned that, that, that scene where all the witnesses are going up talking about the character of his son. And this is all... It's not in front of a judge. It's in front of the coroner, which I found very interesting. Is this what life was like, like back in the day that the coroner was like the town judge? Like he was like, <laughs> it seemed like he was the most important, like, yeah, uh, government office, like in the town. <laughs> totally. Now, and he was the coroner. <laughs> right. So if this is the kind of hearing they have to, to settle on a, on a cause of death, yeah, but for a visitor, imagine what like the the courtroom looks like next door. <laughs> I can't like I can't. the regalness. <laughs> Bec- How about all the soldiers or like the police with their their shiny pointy helmets, their oh. hats with the the gold points on them? <laughs> Man, I can't wait to continue our hammer adventures <laughs> to see those props turn up again in oh, another God. movie. Yes, I love those hats. Mm-hmm. I would kill for a Gorgon policeman's hat. Yeah. Um. <laughs> CC um, carbon copy bat and spiders listeners who uh, have those yeah, that kind yeah. of reach. This is, I mean, our our dozens of listeners. It's amazing the stuff yeah. they dig up. They're dedicated. They're a dedicated bunch. Um, yeah, and you talking about how you didn't expect it to go go this places. The things that I couldn't help being look. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, we chuck. live we live in a society right now. Things are topsy turvy. We've got a virus, a pandemic that's happening in our lives. And I could not but help compare this movie to that because when Professor Hines, he starts talking, guys, you have a problem. You have something perhaps supernatural killing people in your village. Mm -hmm. And he comes up against a stone wall of people who just deny it. Oh, yeah. People who see the doctors, who see the, the stone bodies in their labs or their, their 
you know, their offices or whatever. But if you bring up, hey, there's something weird going on in this town, you're just met with, yeah, what do you, I don't know what you're talking about. That's ridiculous. Right. And it's, it, 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 I couldn't help but compare it to our certain time, you know, because some people aren't treating this pandemic like it's real. They think it's, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, it's a hoax, whatever. Uh, and it, and it really like, it kind of hit home because it was like, it really it was did. so frustrating watching these characters, like, like, just like go up against th- this whole town that was just like on a united front of this is not happening. We, we don't, we're, we can't explain it. So yeah, right. it's not happening. <laughs> right. I mean, and the facts were there in front of them. I mean, yeah. the facts, yes. uh, and just to see them, you know, pull these resources together to have this hearing yeah oh to yeah decide, to decide to to, yeah. to to decide anything but the truth yeah and to like that to professor heinz's son to just just like uh what's the word that scapegoat uh, <laughs> scapegoat just like my god what a railroad job this poor kid oh yeah they were like uh this kid's uh visiting in town he's uh he's infrequent but he's here enough let's just Put it all on yeah. him, you know? Oh, he's always drunk. Oh, he's a libertine. He's sleeping with lots of ladies, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He's the worst kind, you know. I was like, man, this yeah, is that not co- fair. Yeah, corner with, you know, the yeah. more power than anybody was like just shoving words and stories down. Yeah. Like. <laughs> that corner. Yeah. My God. He needs to be strung up. Uh-huh. <laughs> Taste of his own medicine. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty wicked. Yeah. Um, um, so then, uh, Dr. Heinz Heights, Dr. Heights starts, uh, kind of, uh, getting into the, uh, the nitty gritty of the town. He's going to start, start rattling, shaking some trees and, uh, finding yeah. out some things. Um, Peter Cushing is the town doctor with the best facial hair so far oh, in any Bat and Spider movie. This facial, I'm so glad. See, this See? is why we have a show together. I, when I saw him show up, I was like, "Man, yep. that facial hair, such a oh, perfect." Mm, uh. that's why you're my Gilbert Blythe to my Anne Shirley, Chuck. His doctor, his his lab, his like doctor's lab, his doctor's lair, loved it so much. Oh I yeah, watched him just like putting things in bottles and uh-huh. slides, looking in his microscope. I could I could watch two hours of him just piddling around in there. Yeah, like medicine bottles with glass toppers. Like yeah. pouring things out. Oh, God. Oh, God. Imagine Peter I'm Cushing gonna... with that facial hair pouring things out inside that doctor's lab. Chuck, you can't. I can't. I can't. I love him too much. Yep. I love Peter Cushing. Um, but yeah. Ugh. Oh, yeah. So, so Daddy Hines, his investigations lead him to this castle. What's the castle's name? Bor- Gvorpus? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is now. That's a... It's got a cool name. I know it does. <laughs> the whole town's scared of it. Nobody goes there. Yeah. But of course, our, our Professor Heinz, Heinz, he goes there. Uh, and he, 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 he runs into the Gorgon. And uh, <laughs> it doesn't go well for him. Uh, but he is well enough to get, to run back home or back to like, I guess it was his son's house that he's in now. Um, and to talk to like his manservant and he's like, he comes in, he slumps onto the desk and he's mm-hmm. like, he's like, I don't have long, but 
I need to write a letter to my son, and I need you to give the letter to him when he arrives tomorrow morning. Awesome. And he writes like, he, what's he get? He gets like three and a half pages out. I was surprised he got that much out. Oh, yeah. Before his hands started seizing up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And what a shot of his hands. Like, they just did a great shot of his hands on the desk, like on the writing the the last bits of the letter, and mm-hmm. they just get grayer and grayer and stonier and stonier. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. And he's basically like for Paul's eyes only, which is great. I mean, that's how we get some movement. That's how we yeah. get some movement going. And uh, he writes a letter to his son, Paul. It says, um, something's going on here. I am turning to stone. That's literally <laughs> what's happening to me right yeah. now. I don't care what the doctor <laughs> says to you. I don't care what any of these uh, uh, blind uh, people yeah. say. They're turning a blind eye. I am turning to stone. The same thing happened to your brother. Avenge me. Paul. Yes. You got to fix this, my yeah. son. So, yeah, so poor Paul, he's now he's in this house um that the Gorgon, you know, mm-hmm. visits sometimes, which is terrifying. Yeah, wh- how, why did they they never really like they kind of established the Gorgon visited the house that he happened to live in, but I don't know why. Right. There's, I was expecting them to like explain if there was some connection. Right. Um they that well honestly that was my that's my sticking point yeah that's the big sticking point with a, a lot of this movie as as uh sure. as atmospheric and and beautiful as it was the main plot points are kind of like figured out off screen yeah to me <laughs> that's true yeah yeah there's a little, there's not a lot of why for uh the gorgon yeah um, which is a little frustrating. Paul's like in town. Um, he's getting railroaded by the townsfolk. He's getting nowhere. Yeah. He's falling for Carla, which is uh, um, Peter Cushion's like uh, assistant. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful assistant Carla. And along comes Paul's friend Christopher Lee. Oh, <sighs> talk about. Dropping the hammer and kicking this movie into overdrive. Yeah, dude. I was I was like, all right, I know he's in this movie. Like, they, there was like a scene of him for like 10 seconds, like in the first half. Mm-hmm. And it takes a long time for him to it finally does. get to the town. Yeah. But man, when he came, I was like pumping my fist in the air because yeah. he started knocking heads. <laughs> exactly. He's like, <laughs> under no circumstances will I permit such a thing. There is no pressure. Don't use long words, Inspector. They don't suit you. Of course, if you don't wish to be of assistance, that's entirely your affair. I shall go higher up. Higher up? I presume that even you, Inspector, acknowledge the existence of a superior. How dare you? The Foreign Secretary, for example. I would like to point A very out. valued friend of my dear brother. But don't bother about it, Inspector. I'll go and see him myself. He's the only one that's really going to do the dirty work and start mm-hmm. exposing this town for the lie that it is. Yeah. Really. He's not... He's not going to be pushed over by the town, the mm. town's folks who uh, are living their lie. So the only, this is my problem. Laid on me with the Gorgon. Uh, there's a lot of rumor about the Gorgon existing in this town and in this castle, um, which we know to be true because we've seen it happen in the very beginning of the movie. Um. The only one that's figuring out that the Gorgon, or at least the spirit of the Gorgon inhabiting somebody else, is Christopher Lee, but through no on-screen 
activities is all this figured out. He basically just comes to Paul and us, the viewer, and says, the Gorgon comes when the full moon's out. Mm -hmm. The Gorgon is not 24-7. The Gorgon is somebody in this town, and it happens during a full moon. But at no point do we see him figure this out. It's just, this is what happens. And that's kind of like what bumped me out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there, like, there's the whole tie into the, the, I don't know, I'm not a Greek scholar, so forgive me, but tie in with like the, the Greek myth of the three sisters, mm-hmm. the Medusa and two others, which I can't remember the name. Govorbis. Two of them were killed. And then what's this one? <laughs> Megara. Megara. Yeah. Megara and Gorgon are interchangeable in this. They say they they say either one willy nilly throughout this thing, but um, yeah. So it's like they kind of just figure out that the spirit of Megara is inhabiting maybe a townsperson or someone. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, yeah. That whole thing is just like it's they, glossed over just, big time. Yeah, it's like here it is. This is this is just it. And to me, at the second half or maybe three fourths of the second, the last three fourths of the movie, I feel like could have used something. It just, it was a whole, it's oh, yeah. a lot of love story between Paul and Carla, uh, which spoilers, Carla turns out to be the Gorgon, the Megara. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like a werewolf type situation where when there's a full moon, she stalks this castle and needs, I don't know if she needs to murder or she just happens to murder anybody who's wandering this castle. Yeah. And there was also confusion as to uh, Peter Cushion definitely knew this was the case, right? Yeah. Christopher it, Lee, he like stole her file, right, from uh, Peter Cushing's office. And, that, and he figured out that she started having amnesia episodes like five years ago. And right. that's how he, he kind of tied it to her. That's um, right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Peter Cushing knew about it. Uh, I don't know what his deal was, whether he was trying to fix her this whole time. But on your point of you wanted something else to happen in this last half, I th- the where I thought it was going was that Peter Cushing was the real monster in the sense that he created the Gorgon. Like he oh. was experimenting on her, right. his assistant, and accidentally, like either on purpose or accidentally created made a monster out of her. So he's like in this weird spot where he's protecting her. Yeah. Um, but um, doesn't want to destroy her cause he kind of loves her, uh, you know, but he created her like, I don't know. Um, but it didn't really go that far. Like the, we, you know, the Gorgon just exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, the Gorgon just exists, but your and to your point, Peter Cushion is acting suspicious enough to where that could have been the case. Yeah. He's, oh, he's totally. very overprotective of her. To the point where he's more than just, uh, you know, trying to throw us off the scent of him being a suspect, where he literally is, like, some kind yeah. of a suspect, but you, you still don't have an understanding of the weight of his involvement because of the uh, the way he's overprotective, but do you, I mean, why, is, is he trying to cure her, is he trying to... Uh, they're just allowing this to happen. And does the whole yeah. town know that she's the Megara? Come in. Any news? No, sir. 
police will be giving up in an hour. Giving up? They won't search after dark. It's a full moon, Dr. Namaroff. The second night of the full moon. You haven't forgotten it's the night Megera usually strikes? You don't. And I think that the movie takes place in 1906, I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Which I just um, love that cross-section of time because the set pieces, the set pieces, like, there was, like, definitely, like, yeah. electrical lamps on the the doctor's desk, but I didn't know, yeah. I didn't see cord, you know, so were they supposed to be, like, oil lamps? Um, and then the doctor's, like, one of the, one of the, uh, glass walls of the doctor's office was um like that medical glass that had like the chicken wire in it like in oh, between yeah, yeah. the two panes it was there was a whole lot of that which seems a little too modern to be 1906 so this was more of a mashup it wasn't like the curse of frankenstein where we're looking at the you know the 1850s or the 1800s when that movie mm-hmm. takes place this is like turn of the century uh you know but they're still using sort of modern, um, yeah, modern props. Maybe because they just didn't have anything else to. I mean, at this point, maybe they did, but they just yeah, they passed it off. I mean, I don't know, but like I was like freaked. I was like confused. Like all of us, I think one scene, Carla in the middle, maybe makes a telephone call, and I was like, wait, yeah, they have yes. telephones. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I was like, what years? I could not. I just like couldn't peg it until they like in the second half. Christopher Lee mentions the year and I was like oh okay I guess they had telephones then I don't really know <laughs> does he mention the year what's he what does he say yeah when he's like when he's grilling the constable and they're looking through the list of um they call them aliens but like newcomers to the town he says like uh oh he says like we've had you know she started having um her episodes five years ago and now it's 1906 i don't know but uh, he, he does he does say those years like so just like the the greek mythologies of old with medusa um paul has an encounter with the megara but through reflection of water oh yeah which was i liked a, this it was a great effect yeah. it was super I liked great this a lot yeah. yeah um i love the megara because she just stalks she's not quick she's just She's a peeper. She just she's, wants to look at you. Yeah, it, that's all she wants to do. That's all the feeling you get. She just wants to gaze yeah. upon your face. She's not yeah. f- touching you. She's not turning you mm-hmm. around to look at her face. Um, he just happens to be like gazing into a fountain and she pops up over his shoulder and he starts to succumb. It's not as deadly, but mm-hmm. uh, he falls into a coma for five days and his hair whitens. Yeah. He has like qualities of him getting ready to turn, but he survives. Yeah. So... Uh, much like the the mythologies of old, uh, you know, where I don't know who it was, Perseus he used a shield to uh, Gavorpus to. Um, oh yeah, they like, mentioned that right? gaze into yeah. the Medusa. Um, yeah. But yeah, so much of that same thing. So uh, Peter at that point is a little like whiter in the hair than before. I love that. I was. I I just want to interrupt you. I, I was a huge fan of that. That the idea that he he looked at her face through a reflection. So the effect wasn't as intense as looking straight into, I love the idea that there was like a middle ground and he like, he didn't turn to stone, but he got sick for like for a long time. Like I do like that. That just conveys like the Megara's power. 
it's yeah. still effective. Yeah. <laughs> even like dil- diluted. Yeah. In a way. Oh, so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and the snakes darting around on her head. Like we should say she's like, you know, full on Greek myth. She's got snakes on her head, guys. Right. Yeah, but, like, you know, 1964, <laughs> you know, rattles, but they, like, <laughs> rattles in there. But only one like moves at a time. It's like, it, it's like someone back there, like plucking each one, like a guitar <laughs> yeah. string. Yeah. <laughs> but it looked cool. It looked cool. It did look cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was never close up enough to where you could like really start picking it apart. Like they yeah. kept it vague enough to where you're like, well, okay. You know, it's like you see snakes, but you can't really see f- yeah. plastic snakes you know what i mean they would always do cool like um like they would obscure her face a lot like they would put like a a spider web in front of her face or like a plant or like a branch or something yeah i I loved that like i love that they were like it was still like they were like kind of protecting the audience like like even you guys can't shouldn't look in her eyes yeah i thought that was a cool feeling i love the castle how about that castle set like i i want to know if they used that before or again I loved that empty castle things just like, but like nobody goes there, but it's just like sort of rotting away. And there's like statues there that are like all broken. Mm-hmm. Um, there's but crap in, all over the floor, like dried leaves. Yeah. They imported. Yeah. Like, that's blowing around. And mm-hmm. oh man, I just love that. So every time they went there, I got so excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gave you the sense that, you know, there's no more windows and the door is probably ajar most of the time. Yeah. Um, so the wind, the like the leaves are just blowing in, and the, there's stagnant water in the in that fountain. Like the fountain's <sighs> not working; it's just stagnant still water. Yeah. It was a great, it was great set piece. It was really beautiful, mm-hmm. and again, and more of the same. Like it really kind of captured my heart. I really loved the yeah. style of it, uh, the colors, um, and the set pieces and the costumes. It was just, it's. It was otherworldly how yeah. they just transport you to a place for a movie for 90 minutes. It was really, really it's, cool. Yeah. I think this is like, for me, this is what Hammer is. It's the, it's the, whoever it is, the ability to create that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, it, it's amazing. It, it, um, there's nothing like it, uh, in these kinds of movies, especially from that era, I feel like. Um, yeah, yeah, they were just, yeah. you know, uh, uh, other movies from 64 or something, you know, they were just going for something different at the time, but yeah, I, yeah. I, as an aside, I didn't, I got nowhere near close to watching it, but on Tubi, there's like a two and a half hour Hammer documentary. Oh, cool. I think it's, um, I think it was produced by Hammer, but Cushing and Lee have like narration parts. Ooh. So I'm oh. eager to like dive into that. That, that seemed pretty cool. Yeah, I want to check that out. For Just because sure. I want to, I want to know more. I want to know all yeah. I can, because it was so. En- it's so enchanting at this point. This is my third, um, you know, because of the two Frankenstein movies I watched in this yeah. one. I know, I know. I want to, I want to watch more. I want to watch more of the uh, the lesser known ones. That's, mm-hmm. I guess, that's kind of why I picked this one because it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't a classic monster. Um, I, I had no idea what it was actually. I just thought it was a silly name. Um. But yeah, yeah. So this wraps up. You know, we we find out that um, Carla is in fact the Gorgon, um, right. and Christopher Lee gets the money shot. He gets to he sneaks up behind her as she's um, 
looking at Paul, Paul succumbs at the end. He, yeah, he ends I did up not see that coming. Yeah, he's uh, we're in the castle. He ends up looking at her um, after she she turns Peter Cushing to stone too. He 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 gets it. Um, but good old Chris Lee gets a I don't know samurai sword. I don't know where he got this thing. Yeah, man, <laughs> but he just had this. Yeah, sneaks up behind her and <laughs> lops her head right off. Yeah, and, man. And uh, there's a great shot of it rolling down the stairs and then the camera this effect was kind of awesome like her uh-huh. her creepy scaly gorgon skin like fades away and then we see a a really bad <laughs> fake uh a face uh, yeah a fake face of the actress yeah <laughs> who played carla yeah like, and you're like oh yeah it's carla i think right yeah <laughs> it's like a mannequin head with <laughs> lipstick yeah <laughs> and like the snakes like retreat back into the yeah into the skull <laughs> That was before, like, the Carla face is full on, but, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I, I guess it's, you, you just assume it's Carla, because it's, you know, like, blue eyeshadow yeah. and, and lips. <laughs> Even today, I was, like, ta- I was writing notes, like, I watched it last night, and I was like, wait, is Car- was Carla the Gorgon? Like, I couldn't remember, because that, that last shot just wasn't <laughs> yeah. good enough, and I had to read the, like, a description, like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, and with your, with you not remembering it, it just wasn't, the Gorgon was memorable. The cast was memorable, but Carla as the Gorgon, Paul loving Carla, that triangle and Christopher yeah. Lee figuring all this out just wasn't engaging like in yeah. a way that, um, you know, I, you know, the story could have been told now how that story could have been told. I don't know. I'm not a storyteller. I'm just saying it, uh, you're it, a story killer, story yeah. killer. They bring me in to kill <laughs> Is that the opposite of a storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I guess that would be a story listener. Sorry. Right. Go on. Story enjoyer. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, yeah. Like I get that Paul and Carla were in love. Um, but, you know, there was just this weird evasiveness that for too many times she she evaded the uh, concept of her running away with him. And um, yeah. And did we did she ever did she know who she was? Did she know she was the Gorgon? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know, because she was always she was never purposely making excuses on why she couldn't go or why she couldn't meet Paul, but she was just aloof and just saying like something came up. I don't remember what I did last night. Uh, Yeah. It was weird. Uh, I don't know if she knew. Yeah. I don't know either. I I never got that. I never could figure that out. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a, there's some frustrating aspects with the whole idea of this story, but it, yeah, but it's a hammer and it, you know, you want to watch Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee just own a set. Heck yeah, man. A, a, be- a beautiful set uh-huh. <laughs> for for an hour and 24 minutes. Yeah. Watch the Gorgon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for sure. I'm with you there. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was a pleasure. I just sunk further in love with this Hammer style of film. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah. I mean, I think it's just, I think, you know. Uh, as bat and spider we should you know we should make that point to just revisit it every so often because there's a ton out there and i'm you know i'm in love that's yeah totally on board with that i love it and we hope you too also love this dear listener (laughs) anyway 
uh <laughs> chuck it's time to get to our uh our mail oh. and voicemail segment is that what we call it oh boy <laughs> our mail and voicemail love it yeah we uh this is one of my favorite parts of my weeks now uh is listening to uh readers i mean <laughs> readers like- story enjoyers call into the show or write letters and and uh talk about how cool we are yeah yeah I'm, i i love that i when I, whenever that starts happening i start sweating <laughs> under my breasts i'm so sweaty right now <laughs> yeah uh dear listener you yourself can email us you yourself can send us a voice memo send us a um a bat and spider voicemail by calling the bat and spider hotline bat and spider at gmail.com you can uh, give us a call, 315-544-0966. And uh, let's get to the letters and voicemails this week, shall we? Uh, next uh, next up, first up is uh, from listener Tim Hamilton. That's TJ Hamilton on the Instagram. Once, one-time artist of DC's Green Lantern. I love pointing that out. <laughs> He probably hates it that I say that, but I don't care. Salem's Lot. It's good, but I'm sorry it was made for TV. I felt they worked overly hard on the jump scares and spooky sound effects when the master comes through the window and kills Mark's parents by knocking their heads together, much like a Three Stooges (laughs) bit. I couldn't help but chuckle. Without TV restrictions, I assume he would have torn their heads off. This was... uh, this was originally a TV miniseries. Today would make a great eight-episode HBO mini, not 12 episodes and multiple seasons, though. Um, yeah, uh, Chuck, I, I don't know if I edited out because the uh, the running time of last week's episode yeah. was incredibly long. But yeah, in the book, um, Kurt Barlow like makes the pre- the father, the priest, drink like Mark Petrie's parents' blood in front of him. Like It, it got pretty brutal. In that scene. No, he may he he. I think Kurt Barlow cuts his own throat open. Oh yeah, or his and, own, and makes the father drink his blood. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. But but to to the point of, I I also laughed when he knocked the parents' heads together like a Three Stooges bit. I thought it was hilarious looking. <laughs> it's almost like, but but I went back and yeah. I read like a description of the the book, not the um thing, and that's that's what, how it happened in the book. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Almost like 100% positive. Yeah, he did that. (laughs) Terrible. It's almost like the uh, the two actors had written in their script, they can't really actually touch heads. So they tried (laughs) to make it look like they bashed their heads together, but they really didn't. That's got to hurt. I don't know how you fake that. Um, Yeah. I mean, just do it. You're you're making a a film. Just do it. This is, yeah. We have to sacrifice for this entertainment. Yeah. When you talked about the Blob movies, no mention was made of 1972 Beware the Blob. Oh, I want to watch it. Sorry, go ahead. I hope you know of it (laughs) as it falls under the category of cheesy low-budget movies. I haven't seen it since I was a kid and only remember its cheesy vibe. YouTube version attached below. Oh, he sent us a hot link to the YouTube version. Oh, nice. Uh, He also goes goes on to say uh, about the Gorgon took some edibles and sat down to watch the Gorgon, which I knew nothing about, expecting to laugh at a rubber monster. But no, major plot twists I didn't see coming. 
Sadly, they did skimp on the Gorgon makeup in the end. Couldn't <laughs> afford to have Ray Harryhausen animate that snake head, sadly. Some odd plot mistakes. Professor Jules Heights, Heights turned to stone while sitting at a table writing that letter to his son. But once his grave is dug up, he's laying flat in the coffin. I guess they took a sledgehammer to his legs and torso to fit him in there. <laughs> Damn, that's a good point. Pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. That is. I mean, that would be, that's like disgusting. That was a good scene we forgot to talk about was his son digging him up in the graveyard to, yeah. to see if he was made of stone. Face. Yeah. Super white. <laughs> good the, point, Tim. By the way, the uh, actor playing Inspector Kanoff would go on to play the doctor. And I looked it up. He, he plays the second doctor in the uh, titular Doctor Who. And the priest oh. who gets speared by that metal spike in the omen. Well, no, no kidding. Wow. Holy moly. Thanks, Tim Hamilton. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for the information. Yeah. Next email comes in from uh, Bat and Spider's technical advisor, Slim, one of the co hosts oh of the 70 millimeter podcast, uh, our dear friends over there. Uh, dear Bands Boys. When are you going to venture into some middle to higher tier horror like Hellblazer 3 or Friday the 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan? <laughs> Thanks. I'll hang up and wait for your answer. P.S. Salem's Lot Jeep was very sexual to me, especially how the door never closed. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's one of the things, the endearing traits about that Jeep. It's the door never yeah. closes. You don't, any other car, my Subaru Outback, you hate that. But that Jeep? Yes. You got no matter how he and he would just slam it harder each time. It's like this door, you know, it probably needed a to a gentle push for it to stay latched, but he just right. kept slamming it and slamming he it. He just slammed just, it like no. that sheet metal was just fit for being slammed <laughs> yeah. like that constantly. <laughs> did he say did he mean to to write hell razor? It sounds like he's it sounded like he said hell blazer. Uh well, I for for the sake of me being roasted alive, he did write Hellblazer three. I did not say it wrong. <laughs> gotcha, Slim. Got him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Are people itching for us to watch more well known stuff? I, you know, I I, I struggle with this, uh, Chuck. And this might, you know, mm -hmm. this is probably a conversation that we would have off the air, but. We're going to have it here now because te the technical advisor, Slim, uh, because Slim, like, asked those questions and the people deserve mm -hmm. to know. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. You know, the Jason movies, like, they've, yeah, they've been talked about so much. I mean, they're so famous. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it might be interesting to do, like, if we have a special guest someday who, like, really has an affinity for the more uh, famous slashers or something mm -hmm. that might be an interesting way to have a conversation about it. Yeah. Um, um, or yeah, yeah. Or maybe we do some sort of special down the line where, um, yeah, like a talk theme, about a theme episode. Hitters. Yeah. 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 I think there's, it's in, it's in, it's not out of the realm of possibility for sure. No, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I have love for a lot of those movies, but, but I think also, it, in my head, the project of this show is a lot is 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 the ability to explore and ex have new experiences with mm -hmm. uh, these types of movies. Um, 
you know, I, 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 it's fun to have the challenge every week um, to watch like the Gorgon. Like yeah. I would have put this off for, it would have taken me five years if I didn't have this show to like eventually get around to sitting down and watching this movie. But mm -hmm. it's kind of nice to be like, all right, I'm going to pick a weirdo movie <laughs> that I, that I don't know anything about, but I think it might be interesting to watch uh, and we have to watch it. And I, and I like that. I, I feel like our conversations are richer for it. Yeah. Completely um, agreed with that. Yeah. But yeah, but I love Jason takes Manhattan. It's so dumb. Yeah. My God. It's so good. <laughs> Jason takes Victoria, Canada, right? <laughs> right. Victoria, BC. <laughs> Lake Victoria by way of the Hudson. Um, somebody else wants to say something. Special guest, um, hot mm. in with the first voicemail we're going to play tonight. Ready? Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you think, do you think that was in response to Slim's email? I don't know. I don't know. Do you think, Metalorca, please, if that's... Is it because Slim referred to Hellraiser as Hellblazer Three? Yeah, definitely. I think I think now that I heard it a second time, that's definitely the anger that he's that Orca is showing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Hellblazer is a comic. Hellraiser is a Clive Barker movie. <laughs> Jesus, Slim, like his blood is boiling because you had to you had to add that little bit. And he's going to make us both pay. I live. I live for it. <laughs> Chuck. This is why I am alive. Like, Slim, please. This is Chuck. This, if you were to see his voice right now, his, if you were to see his face right now, I mean. Apparently, I said, <laughs> so I've been getting grilled uh, um, on, our, on our private online chat for saying industrial light and maggot, <laughs> which I have no memory of, but apparently I said it. Right. I believe I said it because I, that's exactly the type of thing I would do. Because you're cheeky. <laughs> but it, it does make me laugh yeah, uh, to it, think about it. It's good. Industrial light It's probably just you mumbling over your words, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You had like. Because I, 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 I do remember not being able to remember the name of ILM. That's right. Yeah. Also, Parasite. I completely forgot what the movie Parasite was. That was a that's a that's going to be on like the best of episode. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Right after you and I both sit down and watch Parasite for the first time, <laughs> maybe if we say we'll do it for the show, we'll actually watch this Oscar-winning movie. I've seen it. Have you, you not seen it? No, I, I honestly haven't seen it. No. Oh, okay. You've yeah, seen it, it, and you couldn't remember. I've it? seen it. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I the only way I can explain what happened is I was in bat and spider mode mm -hmm. and i and because that is a, a loved um oscar winning movie it wasn't entering right that the part sphere. of my brain like i had that part locked right and i was trying to think like oh is there some like like weird 90s korean movie called parasite about like a monster like right i don't know like i was yeah i don't know or like some sicko movie uh sorry michael rooker like, Oh my god! And uh, creep directed by I James like Gunn. <laughs> Speaking of me, I'm sorry. I should have told this in the beginning of the episode, the story. But last night, I I've only like done weird things like sleepwalking like a few times in my life. But last night, 
I love how you brush out a side. Okay. Have you ever slept walked Dale? I don't think so, Chuck. Okay. You ask 99% um, of the people out there, 99% <laughs> of the 13 people we have listening to this show. Uh-huh. I did, uh, I don't know, I was probably like 13, I think I did it. My brother said I was... <laughs> oh my God. Just walking around making noises. And I think another time he said I was laughing, like I fell asleep on the couch and I started laughing in my sleep. Um, <laughs> but last night I was having a dream where I, it might've been a nightmare, I don't know, where I, someone was making me sing a line over and over again. I can't remember the, I can't remember the line. Mm-hmm. It was a made up song. I don't think it was a real song. Um, and I kept having to go louder and louder with each line. And the last one, I remember in my dream, I was like, all right, I'm really going for it this time. Yeah. But I I sang it out loud, like in the middle of the night. And Melissa woke up and she's like. Yes. She's like, did you, did you just yell? And I was like, yeah, I was just, I was singing. (laughs) Chuck's eyes are closed like he's mimicking. He's sleeping right now. And then cut to the next morning. She she brings it up. She's like, do you remember last night you yelled in your sleep? And I, we just started dying laughing because I was trying to explain <laughs> how I was singing the song and it was very important that I sing louder. And yeah. the last line pushed out of my dream into the real world and I vocalized it. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, so. I have done that that's before. The, that's, the, that's the kind of excitement that's happening here. That's... <laughs> It's good. That's get less scarier than you sleepwalking. Yeah. All right. I got some voicemails here. Chuck, let's keep going. Bat and spider. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's Corey. Dude, the bad Ronald episode was side splitting. Just listening to you two <laughs> lose your minds over hygiene has become my new favorite part of the Bat and Spider Pod. It's like. Y'all are like the Mr. Bungle hygiene film of podcasts right now. You guys are just freaking out over dirty sets and creepy floors and t-shirts and cum rags and all sorts of... Oh, my God. Oh. Wacky stuff. I'm loving it. Anyway, uh, Bad Ronald, super great. I haven't seen it. I really want to see it. Uh, so I'm going to have to get on that. The Salem's Lot episode, also entertaining. Uh, I loved that as a kid. My mom and I lived in a duplex that had these little French doors off of the, the living area uh, back in the very early 80s. So that was a uh, 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 a big joke around our house that that was like the, the same kind of things that that kid would come and like, come play with me. So that was really good. Um, I was wondering oh. why you didn't mention, or maybe it was edited out, Jeffrey Lewis, great character actor. You know him from the Clint Eastwood movies, you know, um, Juliet Lewis's oh. father got that great craggly face um he had to wear those great contacts in the show anyway i'm curious about your thoughts on him i love him as an actor um and then what else was i going to mention oh speaking of nosferatu's uh werner herzog's nosferatu with klaus kinski is amazing the dude who plays renfield french guy he's like a mime or playwright Uh, he also was an animator and he did that um Fantastic Planet movie, I think it's called. Anyway, he's like one of my favorite Renfields. 
funnily enough, or oddly enough, Klaus Kinski also played uh, Renfield in a Hammer um, vampire movie. Anyway, uh, but I love Nosferatu. In the book, the novelization of Werner Herzog's Nosferatu is highly recommended. Uh, check it out. Anyway, I know, Chuck, you're in the brevity, but F that. This is another long one. Take it easy, guys. <laughs> Corey, Corey's self-aware. He knows. He knows what he's doing, but you know what? It's cool, man. Yeah. Thanks for the uh, voicemail, Corey. Jeffrey Lewis, uh, yeah, we, I think I left some of the show, but we just refer to him as the uh, caretaker, the uh, groundskeeper. Oh, he played the groundskeeper. Okay, yeah. So I didn't, I had no, I, I thought he was talking about someone else completely, but yeah, I don't know anything about him. Yeah. I, um, honestly, I didn't know me. he was uh, Juliet Lewis's uh, yeah. father. I, he was he was fantastic. I mean, he was, yeah, he was great in Salem's Lot. Totally. Yeah, when he had those glowing eye contacts. Look at me, teacher. Yeah, that's great. But maybe now that I know him, uh, I'll probably be like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, you see him in everything um, now. Yeah. Thank you, Corey. Uh, always a pleasure to have you call in. Mm-hmm. Um, we might have to put. A metal orca scream over your uh, use of the C word, but other than that, top-notch voicemail. Here we go. Okay. Hey, Bat and Spider boys, it's H, proud member of the Bants Army. I just wanted to call in and say thank you for the pod, both Crypt Keeper and the main series. Uh, They are just a joy. And particularly every week, I love to listen when I'm out on my Friday run, getting a good laugh, going up the hill, and on the way back down, listening to Toby Forsman's driving killer track for your closing credits to help kick off the weekend and and make things right. So thank you so much. I love you guys. Thank you, H. Is that the first time he called in? It's very sweet. No, he remember he called in and said his dad was roommates with Paul Smith. Oh my God, that's right. Wow. Yeah, thank you. Uh, It's cool to be part of your running routine. That's uh, that's quite a um, yeah. That's awesome. That's a a a great position. My gosh, that's Matt H H on Twitter. He is uh, a host of the Dune Pod. Yeah, for all you Dune heads out there, Dune heads, he is like doing it in on this. Yeah, they they're doing like super deep dive on uh, Dune that came before the Dune that is coming Mm -hmm. out. They're doing like the uh, ancillary projects that uh, the director Villeneuve Villeneuve is doing. Denis Denis Villeneuve. Uh, Check out Doom Pod. Yeah, yeah. My brother did the uh, did the music for that. Uh, Same as our our show. Yeah, yeah. If you if you need music, man, you hit up that Toby Forsman at Whipsong Music. My God, yeah, he's a professional. Guy's got it going on, and uh, he uh, he's amazing. I mean, I, I love yeah. it. Matt he used H- to beat me up when I was a kid, but... Oof. Shit. Okay. Chuck, sorry, man. <laughs> you always get like that whenever we bring up Toby on the show. I can't help it. Matt it H- H- uh thanks for leaving your voicemail under one hour and six minutes. Appreciate that. <laughs> Tell your friend Danny... To shape up. Uh, last up. Hey, Dale and Chuck, this is Mikey P. Just wanted to say I think it's pretty cool that you're putting out Saturday night episodes of Tales from the Crypt. Uh, much like the show, how it would come out. I have fond memories yes. of 
being a young lad and mm-hmm. it coming on late at night, maybe at some sleepovers with, uh, with my buddy Adam. And um, there was one movie he would, kept putting on too that it was called uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. But this was the <laughs> fifth movie, number five. I hadn't oh watched God. the other four. I, I wasn't really lost, but <laughs> this was called The Toy Maker and like the little guy, it was like child's play. And there was a scene in there where the toy <laughs> didn't have any genitalia, but at one point it like kidnaps the kid's mom and would like thrust itself into the mom <laughs> and say something like, mommy, mommy, mommy. Oh my God. He, Adam, my buddy Adam liked to play this movie all the time. And uh, oh, it was like okay. one of those things we'd say like on the bus, mommy, 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 laugh, you know, lock <laughs> eyes and be like, yeah, yeah, that's, we know we have a connection there. <laughs> But um, just wondering if you guys saw that movie <laughs> or if you have any other like warm cozy blanket things that you you remember watching when you were a kid and you watched them over and over again. All right, guys. Love mm. you. Bye. Mikey P. Beautiful man. Mikey P. God. Mikey P is the best of us, first of all. Yeah. I mean, you can tell by his voice that he is like, yeah. he, he just, he, he, he uh, he he's he's got a warm glow to his voice. Yeah, it's like oral melting butter on a pancake. I'm I'm <laughs> editing that out for the soundboard. You're welcome. Uh, thank you, Mikey P. Thanks for noticing the new release uh, night for Crypt Keepers Coffin. And that 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 was kind of my idea was to release it like it's like who nobody releases a podcast tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have it be like, yeah, that's when like the weird HBO Cinemax shows would come on. So, yeah, I don't know. Why not a Saturday night? There's weirdos who are probably listening to podcasts at night, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. Why not give them a little 20 minutes of joy? <laughs> yeah. That's a smart idea, Chuck, if I may. Uh, and I've never seen any of those Silent Night, Deadly Night movies. Have you, Dale? Um, I remember seeing parts of one or two of them. I didn't. I had no idea there were five of them, but I mean, yeah. if to, for them to be a number five when Mikey P was still riding the bus in school, they're <laughs> like, I wonder if five was the last one, right? I mean, that was probably yeah, twenty years know. ago. I think um, I did listen to uh, the Forever Midnight podcast. They did some episodes on those movies, and I, they're like, it's like Christmas, you know, uh, scary movies, right? Like yeah. it's like Evil Santa Claus or something. I don't know. But I mean, they don't, their episodes did not make me, I mean, they were funny to listen to them talk about it, but it didn't make me want to watch them. They sounded pretty rough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Those, I I love listening to them just because I probably same people, reason people listen to us, but right. But like even something that you might not be able to watch, they make and super entertaining. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you love this show and you've never listened to Forever Midnight, check them out because they're, um. They're like, they're incredible. Yeah, they're really cool. Uh, that's it, Chuck. That's it in terms that's of it. We did it. voicemails. Oh, my God. Oh. What else? What are what, what other obligations do we have before I can put the air conditioner back on? <laughs> this, is a, this is where I drag it out as long as I can. So we, No, Chuck, this is the part of the show where it's my turn to pick a movie for next episode. I can and see the sweat. On your brow. A lot of pressure when it comes to this. A lot of, a lot of hot pressure. Uh-huh. 
But this movie was made in uh, 1982 for $35,000. Oh my gosh. Directed by okay. Frank Henenlotter. Movie is called Basket Case. <gasps> oh boy, I've never seen Basket Case, Dale. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's exciting. Kevin Van Henterick stars as a normal-looking person who seeks vengeance for the unwanted surgery that separated him from his deformed, conjoined twin brother. <laughs> oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait. <laughs> Next episode. Basket <laughs> case. Uh, I've... this the co- Great pick. Great pick. One of these yeah. iconic covers. Um, yeah. I can remember working at the Camelot Music, stocking the uh, VHSs. And always looking at the basket case movie cover. <laughs> of course, then where VHS were like $35. It was like buying an anime. Sickening. But uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to do next episode. Basket case. Awesome. Where uh, is it? Is it on Tubi? <laughs> no, not the Green Day song. It is on Tubi. Awesome. Good old Tubi. So that means anyone, you don't even... You don't even need to give them your email to watch Tubi, right? No, you don't. Man. Which is pretty great. Even even people who don't want to get on a list can watch this with us. This is great. Yeah. Tubi, call us um, if you want to throw us some money or some sponsorship deals. Okay. I don't know if you have some some Tubi, Tubi t-shirts you want to throw our way. Um, we'll wear them on the show, even though it's audio only, but, uh, we'll do what we can. Maybe we'll like rub the cloth yeah, on, the mic. on the mic. You would be able to tell it's a 2B t-shirt, obviously. Yeah. We would, t- we would mention that we're wearing them every mm-hmm. five minutes. Second movie in a row that you could watch <laughs> via 2B TV. Um, <laughs> this could be the start of something big. <laughs> I'll tell you what I went, when I watched Hellraiser, I bounced around between Amazon Prime, Tubi, and another one because it was available three places. I set on Tubi because it was the best quality. Whoa, Chuck. Yeah. That's you why heard it here. I've, I've always big Tubi stan over here. Yeah. Always saying highest, that about Tubi. Highest quality streamer of garbage movies <laughs> yes. on the internet. Uh, so that's it, folks. Next week, uh, 2B TV. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find a link in our show notes to our T-shirt that's for sale, Bat and Spider. Um, any profits, proceeds from that sale go to the uh, Movement for Black Lives. Um, so that's always uh, that's always there, always for sale. Thanks for uh, buying that. We're still getting some sales. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think I donated our first little chunk of money. Uh, to Movement for Black Lives last week. Chuck, amazing. Thank you for yeah. heading that up, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles Forsman on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Dale underscore A on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Bat and Spider on Instagram. Oh, Bat and Spider on Instagram. Right? Chuck, thank you. We, I think we have like 120 followers right now. Yeah, we're climbing. We can get that up. We, we need that up. We need to boost it up. I, I you know, yeah. grassroots a total grassroots. I I don't want to give Facebook money and buy ads and try and boost their posts. I want I want to do this grassroots communal style. Yeah. You know? Yeah, even if you don't use your Instagram but it's on your phone, follow Bat and Spider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we and uh, we're very active on there. People chat with us all day long on there. Um it's fun. Yeah, it's pretty cool. 
Yeah. So if you you need to to like uh, talk about some garbage movie, you know, hit us up. We're always hanging out. Yep. Until uh, next show, Chuck. Yeah. Do we have to go down? I'm having a really fun time. This is fun. (laughs) We just had the two hour mark of recording. I don't know what that means. Minus Tales from the Crypt. It all blurs together now. It does. I think we're 29. I want to say we made it 29. So, Bye, everyone. Bye, Chuck. Bye, Dale. Love you. Love you. Take care. theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com.